The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Jeff Stoller. He is the author of the newly released book, You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. He's a successful attorney, accountant, consultant, and entrepreneur himself who has launched several ventures that I hope we get to talk about today. Jeff has served as an adjunct professor of finance and business economics at the University of Southern California, where he was selected as one of the top 20 professors at the School of Business. He's a sought-after speaker for universities and business panels, and he's been a contributing author to many publications. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. Good morning. Thank you very much, Kelly. Let's talk about the book first. Why did you write You Want to Be an Entrepreneur? Well, I really wrote it because I was frustrated. I was frustrated with seeing how many people had ideas and sometimes they just on their own wanted to go ahead and, and jump into things. And sometimes, you know, you watch some of these people, some of these, uh, you know, I'll call them motivational speakers that just encourage people to go ahead and do things without people being fully prepared. And I'm all for, you know, adventures and, and taking leaps, but I'm also a big proponent of, of being prepared for what you're doing and understanding what you're jumping into you know, it's called looking before you leap, and that's that's the really the biggest reason uh, that mm-hmm. I that I did it. Right, and you're so right. Whether it's gurus or whether it's uh, whoever, sometimes business ownership is glorified. And although I can't imagine doing anything else myself, but being a business owner, uh, it's not glorified. There's, there are so many challenges. There are so many things that you have to consider, and it, you're so right. There's there's an image out there. There's a perception out there that it's – maybe there's some risk to it, but, man, if I know how to cook a meal, I can open a restaurant, you know, kind of that kind of thing. It really, it really is like that, and the truth of the matter is that owning a business and being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. You know, if you – if what you, you – your passion in life is is – fishing or camping with the family or doing those things, then unless your business is related to fishing or camping with the family, um, you know, you're better off having your job, doing the best job you can and enjoying the other time being able to leave that job and not having to take home the worries and the headaches and the finances and everything else that goes, goes with being an entrepreneur. So obviously entrepreneurship has been an important part of my life, but it's something that, that I enjoy passionately and is right for me. But as I have met people over the years and talked to them and say, well, I have an idea for this and I have an idea for that. You know what? Even if it's a good idea, let's talk about how prepared you are to actually make that your life. And sometimes the conversation goes in directions that they never really would have imagined. And they say, well, you know, all my friends told me I should do this. Well, just because your friends tell you to jump off a roof doesn't mean you should do it. Tell us about some of the things that 
people come to you with that you have to question them on. I mean, for for example, I you know, I, I gave you the example of somebody getting complimented on the cookies they bake every time or the fabulous meals they make and so they should go into a restaurant or open a bakery. But but what are some of the other gotchas that people overlook? Of course, you have all of the salary and not excuse me, all the financial considerations that people tend to underestimate expenses and overestimate revenues, but what are some of the other things that people just don't think about whenever they're starting a business well let's go back the example i'm going to give you first relates to something you just said uh it had to do with a food product and this goes way back before uh before churros were really a a known product and a friend of mine i was in los angeles which of course has a very very hispanic community a very you know heavy heavily influenced hispanic community and they had developed this product which at that time wasn't commonly known in the States, called a churro. Now, today, lots of people know what churros are, and they love them. And this, this person wanted to develop it as a commercial product. And we talked about it, and there's no question that he could have done a, a very delicious product. But so often when someone does something that is not protectable and cannot be ramped up to ginormous size very quickly – what happens is the big companies, whether it's whether it's Sara Lee or Pillsbury or something, will watch that little product, see if it's successful, and then crush you if they yep. want to do it. So, you know, apart from looking at just the elements of, of your own business, like I talk so much about, whether it's, you know, legality or, or, um, or marketing, you know, you have to look at what other people can do and how other people can impact your business and are you just being the testing ground for somebody else? Is that mm-hmm. really what you want to do? Is that how you want to, you know, create this product? And, and sometimes that actually means, as painful as it might be or frustrating as it might be, sometimes it means shelving an idea that is a good idea, but you just can't execute it in a way that will give you the benefits that you're dreaming about. Sure. So in some cases, is a good idea can be detrimental if you're not in a position to be able to ramp up and scale it if it's successful, if you're not capitalized enough or you just you know don't have a business model that's going to allow that. So yeah, that's absolutely. So most people think, oh, if it's successful, that's a great outcome. As you say, not necessarily. Well, I'll give you an example of something that I'm doing right now. You know, you wanted to talk about some of the things that I'm doing. Here's, here's one of them. I have a, a franchise concept based on my many years of being in, in the multi-unit um, hospitality and entertainment business. I have a concept that I am developing, and we are in the process of raising some funds for it, but I do not want to go to anybody who could do it themselves. You know, there's a certain amount that I can protect. There's a certain amount that I can't protect, and I, I, in my case and in many people's cases, they should pick and choose who they're going to and who they're exposing their ideas to um, so that they don't just show it to somebody who is totally able, you know, to, uh, you know, to jump ahead of you with your idea. Right. So that's, that's one of, that's another one of those factors is, you know, you know, will someone else crush you? And uh, in terms of raising funds, it's one of the most critical things. And this is, as I mentioned in the book, this, there there are a number of mistakes that I made myself and that I learned from my own personal experience, and this is one of them, okay? Don't go into a business underfunded. It's not simply a question of, it's not simply a question of 
picking the right number. It's also, as an example, you know, you have a number and you, let's say you've projected correctly, but you get so enthusiastic and excited about a project. When someone says, I'll give you half now on half in six months, well, guess what? Businesses don't run on profits. They run on cash flow. And the cash flow schedule is so critical that if someone gives you enough money to open an office, but not enough money to start your business, the only thing you've got after six months is an office. Right. And an unhappy investor when he says, where are all the products? And you say, well, you didn't give me the money for the products yet. And that, <laughs> that can go, that goes nowhere, nowhere friendly fast. What are some of the, the solutions to uh, working these things out? Obviously, buy your book, read your book. But, but what are some of the ways that a, a person who is considering an idea, a potential entrepreneur, can, can vet some of this? Again, keeping the confidentiality because, as you said, you don't want to give your ideas away. But, but how, how do they work through these? Well, you've got to find someone you trust. Um, and and sometimes, that's, sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. Um, um, you have to think about what it is that you want to accomplish, how you're going to accomplish it, because that's where so much of these, so many of these ideas fall down. Not in the concept, but in the execution and the implementation. Yeah. And that's that's goes back to your first question: Why did I write the book? It's because so many times people are focused on the idea, and it, it, it could be a great idea, but they just don't have a way to execute it. You know, there's one idea I saw I thought was a phenomenal idea. Problem was it took a billion dollars to start. And raising a billion dollars is not always the easiest thing around. So, um, you know, not not in, I was going to say not in today's market, but not in any market that I'm aware of. Um, so. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a feat. That's that's a bit of a stretch. That's a bit of a stretch. You have to find someone you you can trust. And, and I would also say, I'm going to take a step further, that even when you have your own business, and, and let's assume you've gotten to the point where you're the boss, you're, it's your company, and you're doing it. Um, to some extent, you cannot rely on the people who work for you to totally give you their honest opinions. You always need someone outside of the business who you can relate to, who you can talk to, who will always give you an honest opinion, whether or not it's something you want to hear. Because if all you have is people around you who are telling you what you want to hear, um, you're not going to get the true picture of, of what's going on in your world. And um, again, that comes back to finding someone you can trust and someone who doesn't have a direct stake in whether or not you move ahead. Okay? If you're paying me a commission, I have a stake in whether or not you move ahead. I want you to move ahead, otherwise I don't get a commission. Sometimes when you're, when you're talking to consultants and you say, well, geez, I'd really like to give you a piece of my business, that's not always the best thing to do because then the consultant has the direct interest in whether or not you move ahead instead of necessarily giving you the best advice. And this is something else that you know, being, being in the business and in the environment that I've been in um, is very critical because I, right now, for instance, I work with 25 businesses. And I am perfectly free to tell them whatever I think will help them because I don't work for them. And I'm not their employee. And I can tell them they can't fire me. So I am free to tell them whatever I think is the right thing to do because I, I still want them to succeed. But my future relationship with them is not conditioned on telling them something they like or don't like. 
Exactly. And that's really the way your book is, too. It's it's premised on, you know, you want to provide encouragement, but it also uh, just lays it on the line. It, much like you just said, you have nothing to lose. And so it, it's really a, a wake up to some people who might be a bit of a dreamer and and have a good idea what they perceive as a good idea. But nobody's given them the straight talk. And, and your book gives them the straight talk. Yeah, I, I really try to, because I think the dreamers are essential to our society, uh, you know. You know, every every big company, Apple was an entrepreneurial venture. Microsoft, an entrepreneurial venture. I mean, they're billion-dollar companies now, maybe trillion-dollar companies, but they all started with a dreamer, whether it was Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. They were all dreamers, and look what happened. So we need dreamers. There's no question about it. We need dreamers, but we need we need dreamers who have a way to get to where they're going without being deluded either by their own dreams or by other people saying, yeah, yeah, jump, jump, just because people want to see the, see the car wreck. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, yeah, go ahead. You know, try to take that car over that canyon. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it. Um, <laughs> just because they want to see what happens when, when the car goes streaming head down into the ravine. Exactly. uh, Yeah, they don't have anything to lose. They're not a passenger. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey, Jeff, and what you enjoy about entrepreneurship. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tamika Bryant. And I'm Christy Porter. We're here to talk about real estate that matters. We're going to talk about everything real estate. Anything you want to know from buying a house to selling a house, from investing in real estate, to flipping real estate. We invite you to listen every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. or on demand with our podcast. Right here on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. Just tune in at 9 o'clock Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> Can we just do that? 9 o'clock, don't touch it. Just sit by your radio and wait. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's guest is Jeff Stoller. He is the author of You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. And we've been talking about having a really uh, big picture when you go into entrepreneurship, when you go into business ownership. What is it really like? It's more than just having that skill that you maybe had in a job. You've got all kinds of other administrative and business and financial things that you need to think about, marketing things. Um, it, it's just a lot bigger picture that you have to be concentrated on. Now I wanted to hear about Jeff's background. I mean, you've been a professor, you've been a lawyer, you've also been an entrepreneur. What is it that you enjoy about entrepreneurship? Well, first let me say that there are two types of entrepreneurs. The first is someone who just has this burning desire to be his or her own boss. And the nature of the business isn't that important. It's the fact that in, in, some, in some sense, no one is telling you what to do. And those people just sort of look around for something to do. Sometimes, you know, franchises are good. 
even though technically the franchise format and formula and materials tell you what to do, it's still your business. Um, and then there's the entrepreneur who has an idea and there really is nowhere else to go with it. So you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to do it yourself. I was the latter. Um, I, was, I was the person who – I didn't have this burning desire to be my own boss, but I had an idea um, and I was, I was given an opportunity to do something which no one else had ever done before. And that's what I like to do. I love the creativity of doing something that no one else has done before. And I think if I could tout myself in terms of what I feel that an advantage that I have and enjoy is that the, the technical side of my brain and the, and the creative side work very closely together. And I can go and I can flip flop back and forth from one side of the brain to the other, whether I'm designing a promotional material for some business or I'm doing, you know, uh, 10-year projections that are detailed down to, you know, how much we're spending on spoons. Um, I, I seem to be able to go back and forth mm-hmm. very, very easily. But what I love to do is, I, what I love about entrepreneurship is creating something from nothing, doing something that hasn't been done before and, and have people say, um, wow, or just leave with a smile. Now you like doing things that help people. I, I like doing things that give people pleasure, that they enjoy, that they can say, I had a good time. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an entrepreneur of, of high tech. Uh, I use it. I enjoy it. But I don't know anything about it. My forte is in low tech. My forte is in things that have to do with relating to people. Like I said, hospitality, entertainment, um, things, things that people can touch and enjoy and taste. That's, that's really where, where my forte is. Sure. And as a, as a young person, you actually got a taste of what it was like to work in a small business and to be around entrepreneurs because you got your start in a family-owned business. And then uh, you ventured out yourself. And the, the one project or the one venture that you were talking about, I believe, was the Rolling Stone uh, calendar that you worked on. Is that the one you were talking about where it was something nobody had ever done before? Well, that was actually an evolution from something that hadn't been done before. A very good friend of mine was a concert promoter, and our social environment was a lot of uh, small new new bands called Cars and U2 and and you know bands like that. So I'm dating myself a little bit, and um, we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, my friends, he, he brought in, you know, he got together with with the groups, and I put together this product and. I was an entrepreneur. I was putting all of a sudden I had a calendar project. It, I didn't really think of it as a company. It was a project. And it was at, uh, it was being shown at one of the gift shows in Los Angeles. And I got a call from, uh, from the Rolling Stones management company. And they asked me to come in. Wow. And I was, obviously I was kind of, kind of blown away and walked into their office on Sunset Boulevard. And, and I, I was, you know, a little bit in awe and a little intimidated. And uh, they asked me if I would like to get involved with them. They saw the product. They liked what I had done. And, uh, and here, comes, here comes probably in one sentence 80% of what I know about licensing. And, and in all the years that I've done, it all revolves around this one comment that I got from the Rolling Stones management. I said that I appreciated the invitation 
and it was a tremendous opportunity. But I was just, you know, I didn't have a big company. I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, I didn't have all the things that I thought a big brand and a big entity like the Rolling Stones would want. And he leaned forward across his, his giant desk, which, again, that was intimidating, too. And he, he said, Jeff, no matter how much business you do, Mick Jagger's lifestyle will not be affected one iota. They want products that reflect <laughs> that reflect them that reflect their primary product which is music and from that one sentence my whole philosophy about brand management changed and uh, prior to that I thought that licensing was about well someone has a valuable name I'd like to use it so I'm going to pay them so I can make money and Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about the connection between what I wanted to do and people with the famous name. I just thought it was paying to use someone else's identity. But from this, it changed my perspective totally and and affected everything that I've done since then because I realized that if I could do something that helped enhance that brand, then I would make money if I did a good job. And from that approach, which is very different than if I have to pay you money, I will, to I think I have something that can help you in their case, it was mm-hmm. in their case, it was music. But I took that and I was able to go then to other some other big brands, whether it's Warner Brothers or Playboy, and get deals that probably you know uh, I couldn't have gotten otherwise. And there's a good likelihood other people might not at that time have been able to get also, um, because my approach was very much one of synergy between products so that they all work together to enhance the brand not disjointed items that had no connection and no bearing on what that brand meant. And um, so this was, that was a very important uh, event, not only in my development as an entrepreneur, but in my understanding of how to uh, execute brand management, which, which over the years I've become somewhat recognized for and an expert on and worked with a number of companies to, to help them with their brand management too. And amazingly, uh, so many of them still don't get that. So that's, I guess, why I have business. Right, exactly. Now, talk to us about whether or not you think that that corporate background is something that is necessary for some of the, you know, right now a lot of kids are coming right out of school and starting their businesses with no business experience at all, or they're starting it while they're still in school. So do you think that you really need to spend a couple of years at least in business with someone else before you launch your own? Or are you saying go for it right out of school as long as you've got your eyes open? Well, the, the expertise that I have uh, obviously makes it easier for me to do things and to, to put all the pieces of the puzzle together quickly in, in one brain. Um, that doesn't mean you can't buy that talent. Um, the the risk that someone True. just coming out of out of college or out of school or just doing it and never having had any experience at all is that they're not going to know what they don't know. They're not going to know what they need. They've got a great idea, but you know, I mean, you can see so many of the people who make this mistake on Shark Tank, you know, and they just get they just get drilled because mm-hmm. they didn't consider this or they didn't consider that. So it would re- it would really help. If they, if they have someone, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a, a partner, um, it would be helpful if they had somebody involved who could guide them and say, 
have you thought about this or what about this? Um, that that's very important. Is it right. is it critical that they be an attorney and an accountant? Of course not. You know, most entrepreneurs aren't. You know, most most attorneys and accountants, you know, practice law and practice accounting. Um, I was one of the exceptions, but they really need to have someone or someone's around them that can that can you know help them avoid the mines because there are they're out there. It's not a, it's not a guessing game. Will there be mines? They're there. The mines are there. Great advice today, Jeff. If someone would like to get a copy of your book, where can they find it? Uh, on the website, www.youwantobeanentrepreneur.com. All right. So the book has its own website, www.youwantobeanentrepreneur.com. Go out and check it out. Get a copy of Jeff's book and find out what you don't know. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate the time. My pleasure, Kelly. Anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.